Hi and welcome to the podium, the place where we celebrate the best in the world of motorsport. My name's Jason Skylis and we've got a huge edition of our show to bring you. We're going to be talking about some of the latest motorsport action and boy it was a huge weekend of motorsport. We had Formula One, MotoGP and supercars amongst many other categories and we're going to be joined with some very special guests to talk about some of that action. We've got two of the big supercar drivers who put in stellar performances at Sydney Motorsport Park. We're going to be joined with Jack LeBrock from Tickford Racing, who managed to get his very first supercar win over the weekend. So we're going to talk about that and what it's like being up on SeaWorld, where his team is based at the moment. Uh, we've also got Todd Hazelwood joining us on the podium. He managed to get his very first supercar podium on the weekend. So we're going to reflect on that with him and get his thoughts on the next round of the championship. And we've got a favourite of ours on the show. We've got ASBK reporter Emma Notta Francesco to talk about some of that thrilling MotoGP action from the weekend and give us the latest on what's happening with Mark Marquez ahead of this weekend's action. So it's a huge edition of the show. Right after this, Jack LeBrock joins us on the podium. This is the podium where we celebrate the best in the world of motorsport and we're joined right now with a guy that celebrated his very first supercar win just a few days ago at Sydney Motorsport Park. Of course, I'm speaking of Jack LeBrock. Jack, thanks so much for joining us on the podium. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, mate. Appreciate it. Now, before we get into the weekend action from Sydney Motorsport Park, I want to talk about this big move from your team because you guys are now based at SeaWorld. Tell me, what is that like? Yeah, it's pretty funny actually being here. Like, yeah, oh, we came here a few times when I was growing up. I was like seven and eight years old, and it was funny. We were just uh, down there doing a bit of a media event earlier on, and um, yeah, it was sitting early on the stage. And I'm like, I remember when I was yeah, little tacker looking out, watching these guys do ski jumps and all that sort of stuff. So um, now we're back with the supercars there and uh, hanging out in lovely old Sea World. So uh, no, it should be a bit of fun. It's uh, definitely worst place to be. What's the whole team going to get up to there the next few weeks? Are you going to go on some rides in between races, or what's the plan? Yeah, I actually got no idea. I know that the guys have all uh, unpacked and they're prepping the cars and uh, doing all that. So there's a fair bit of work still to do. It's uh, a big turnaround. It always makes it a little bit more difficult being away from, from the workshop. So, um, yeah, but oh, I'm sure we'll find something something fun to do. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll try and sneak in a little roller coaster ride at some stage. And, uh, yeah, considering we're only next door to the place, it'd be rude not to. <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me. Now, let's talk about that weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park. Once again, event field, ever since the cars have been back on track for the season restart, so much action has been taking place. And the tyre strategy, of course, has been highly talked about. Let's talk about your weekend. First of all, let's talk about Saturday, racing under lights again at Sydney Motorsport Park. What was that like for you? And talk about that strategy to use the uh, hard set of tyres. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I, I love racing on the lights. Any opportunity we get is uh, is pretty cool. And I was actually, I'm a bit, a bit upset we didn't get to get to go Gold Coast this year and race on the lights there. But um, I'm sure hopefully next year we can get there. But um, no, it was right. We, we knew pretty early on that we we're going to take the hard tyres for Saturday and just um, take, the, take the pain early, basically, and uh, try and save all our soft tyres for for a better Sunday. Um, but yeah, it's, it's awesome always racing under lights. Yeah. The, the new track there, or sorry, the new lights that put in the permanent ones uh, and I, I run real. You almost feel like it's daylight with how well it lights up the circuit. So um, yeah, credit to those guys at SMP. They've done, a, done an awesome job with that. Well, yeah, of course it was the second straight weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park. Once again, a two-day event. What has the adjustment been like for you for these condensed weekends? 
Yeah, it's it's very uh, it's it's kind of good in a way, I suppose. And uh, it's just bang, 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 go the whole time. You don't. Um, it's very, very limited for time, especially for the mechanics and engineers. You can't have wholesale changes between sessions. So um, I suppose you got to be a little bit smarter with your time and how we approach uh, that sort of thing. But um, it's awesome being in the car. It's uh, usually at those other other events, you're sitting around for hours on end, uh, twiddling your thumbs and wondering what you're going to do with yourself. But um, yeah, it, it's cool. It's it's very different though without all the fans there and having that um interaction with with all of them um but yeah at least we're back racing for now so i'm sure we'll uh, get fans back again soon and uh yeah we can get back into into doing uh what we love in front of a, a big crowd yeah definitely definitely now let's talk about the sunday action now the second race of the weekend tough start for you guys yeah ended up opting to go for the hard tyres again for that second race, which put you in a prime position coming to race three for the weekend. Talk about that 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 day. Yeah, so uh, it was originally going to be the plan. Well, we didn't really know how it was going to play out, but we're sort of prepared to, to go either way for, for race two. Um, and, yeah, we got off the line. and had a pretty good jump and uh, sort of got, got pushed off the road on the main straight. Uh, probably someone I lost about four or five spots. So uh, that was pretty disappointing at the start of that. We especially had such a good jump off the line. But, uh, yeah, from early on in that race, we sort of decided just to, just to stick to the hard tyres and, and have a crack in the last one. So we consolidated that result. And, um, yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was, it was hard work racing around on that. He, he used set of um, hards again. But, uh, yeah, we got through it and uh, it was worth it to the end. And then that final race, you started in grid position seven. Great work on the strategy again and managed to finish on the top step of the podium. Tell me, what was the emotion like through that race and when did you kind of realise, look, I'm a chance at a win here? Yeah, it's interesting. We sort of, I, I didn't get the best start. I didn't uh, use enough throttle percentage to get the car off the line with the, with the grippier tyre. But, uh, yeah, we got going and we made up a few spots again on that, that first lap and we started pressing on and, it was good. Uh, B-Rad uh, made a good change for the final race of the car, and it's probably probably a, a great time to do it because probably the best the car was all weekend. And um, that was just yeah, it was quite fast for those, especially those first six seven laps on a on a good tire. So um, yeah, it was great. The guys nailed the strategy, and um, yeah, got us out. And they got boys in the pit stop did a, did an awesome job. I think it was actually one of their best uh, best pit stops they've done in terms of time um, with the, these new rules. So they they chose the perfect time to to do that but um yeah I was pretty nervous as uh, I sort of knew it start running there in third and we had speed over frosty which is uh which is great and the sort of you see the other boys about four three four seconds up the road and uh yeah you were potentially on on for a podium which was uh pretty exciting but yeah Barrett made a, an awesome decision with the um strategy and got us in early and um yeah with the pit stop and everything set aligned we uh were able to get the undercut done so it was pretty cool to uh yeah finally grab the lead of the race after the pit stop and what was the celebration like post race? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's an interesting one because uh, I don't know. You can't really do much. We couldn't really go far. So um, yeah, everyone from the team was stoked. Like it was sort of it's a bit weird, I suppose, not having everyone be able to crowd around the podium and spray champagne and do all that. Um, so it was a very different uh, celebration in a way. But um, at the end of it, when the, the truck was all packed, we um, started to spray the champagne and showered, showered all the boys. So. Uh, that was pretty cool in itself. And then, um, yeah, Sunday night was uh, a little bit quieter. It was just uh, a couple of beers and um, some PlayStation playing some COD. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's about as exciting as it got, really. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, you mentioned it there, you know, celebrating with the boys there. Talk about 
heading back to Tickford uh, this season because, you know, you, you were there in the Super 2 Series in 2016, I think it was, runner-up finish as well that year. Uh, you had two seasons, of course, at Techno. Uh, yeah, talk about what it's been like being at Tickford. Yeah, it's really good. So there's a lot of familiar faces here from when I was there back in 2016 with Debbie. So it's made the transition back into the team a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, it's been great. They're such a professional outfit. They've uh, been amazing, amazing for myself and given me the opportunity to uh, to show that we can get the job done. So um, that, that's been unreal. But they're just, yeah, really professional uh, group of guys and they're really helping me get up to speed with what I need to do to get the most out of this car and also just basically, yeah, move myself forward as a driver. So um, yeah, loving every moment and uh, yeah, it's great to be back with them. Yeah, how do you look at that time spent at Techno Autosports? Because, you know, 2018 was all right. You had a few top 10 finishes that year. However, 2019, you know, the seemed like the car wasn't really getting developed the way it had been hoped. What was going through your mind during that period? Yeah, it was pretty tough. Like you, uh, it was great to, to get in there and, and be running around as one of the, the main game drivers. So, uh, yeah, that, that in itself is um, great. Got some plenty of miles under my belt and some good results back in the early part of 2018. So, uh, yeah, it, it was tough. Mostly last year, was, uh, uh, we just had to sort of put our head down and try and get through it. And that's where we're, um, we're very lucky to be given that opportunity from, from Tickford. They, um, they knew we had the potential in, um, in myself to, to get the job done and, and be, a, I suppose, a, a front runner um, in the main game. So, um yeah, it definitely threw us lifeline because it looked a little bit uh, grim there at times. But, uh, no, nah, it's pretty cool to um, have this opportunity. And at what point during the season was it, did it look like this Tickford option would become a reality? Yeah, so uh, a bit after mid-year to um, the, that last sort of, I suppose, uh, three or four months. So, uh, yeah, it was good. At least, and it made the, the last half of last year when we were racing a little bit easier, um, knowing that we had... Uh, a good future lined up. Um, so, yeah, it, it is what it is. We, we survived it. We got through it. And um, it's all part of the process. And uh, I suppose that's uh, a cool story to tell now um, moving forward. Well, yeah, you're one of the very few drivers that's driven across a, across a wide variety of different manufacturers uh, back at Ford again this year. Tell me, how do the cars all compare? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's interesting. The manufacturers, it doesn't make it, I don't think, a whole big difference. It, but it's just more the, the way the teams have gone about developing their cars. Every every uh, set of engineers and group has a totally different philosophy on, on how to make these cars go fast. Um, and that's where the difference comes in. I suppose they're trying to control a few more parts now uh, with the cars. But, uh, yeah, there's still so many ways you can skin a cat. So, um, yeah, they're... they're that's been probably the biggest thing, just changing my driving style and adapting that um, where I can. But, uh, yeah, it's good, and that's why Tickford have been so great. They're helping me understand how these cars are going to be driven um, and basically giving me all the tools to, to make sure I can do that job. Well, yeah, I have to ask you, uh, of course, the uh, Enduro Cup's going to look very different this year. With it looking like Bathurst is going to be the only race held in the Enduro Cup calendar, what's the plans for the team there with the lineup? Yeah, I'm actually not too sure at the moment. It's um, a little bit up in the air, I think. It's, I suppose um, with Alex being over in the, the US, we're not sure whether he's going to be able to get out and uh, and all that. So, um, yeah, I'm sure it's a work in progress. But, um, yeah, the guys, are, I'm sure they've got, it, got plan A, B, C and D all in place and uh, ready to fire um, when they know uh, exactly what's happening. 
And of course, the next round of the championship heads to Hidden Valley, or the next two rounds of the championship. Uh, what are your thoughts going over there? Yeah, I'm uh, so I'm really excited to head up there. It's a awesome time of the year to, to uh, get up to Darwin. It's uh, always pretty chilly down in Melbourne, so anytime we can get some suns, uh, an exciting time of this, this uh, time of year. So yeah, it's an awesome event. It's actually one of my favourites that we get there get to go to. It's an awesome atmosphere that the whole city gets behind the the event and uh even though it might be a little bit different with the, the smaller crowds and so on this year but um yeah i love the circuit and uh really looking forward to having the opportunity to race there two weekends in a row well yeah we've talked about the tire strategy it's yet to be determined what the tire allocation is going to look like for that weekend what do you think what do you think it should look like uh yeah it's, it's hard to say like it, it's it's been some, some knockers of uh the hard soft tire what racing and then even I suppose previously uh, with all the softs uh, being used in the other Sydney events. So um, yeah, it, it's uh, Sydney was is a tough one because the deg is so high. So it, I suppose it exaggerates the way that the tyres were working there. But um, no, I'd like like to see one of each again. And I think at a circuit like Darwin, where it's not massively high deg, but it's still enough to produce some good racing, it'd um, be interesting to see how it plays out. So um, I think it's probably a perfect opportunity to to be able to trial both. Um, both outcomes and, uh, yeah, see uh, what uh, works best. What's the ISO adjustment been like for you the past few months? Yeah, it's been interesting. I've, uh, yeah, obviously a fair bit of simulator work when we were um, doing the E-Series and, and all of that. And, um, yeah, I'm very lucky. I used, uh, with um, my dad's business, uh, able to go in there and, and work and, and build some cabinets and stuff as well. So, um, yeah, that was a good way to, to pass the time and, uh, yeah, it was a good chance to help the old boy out um, while I wasn't doing too much and uh, we were on a break. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was pretty cruisy. Not a whole lot happened, really. <laughs> well, yeah, you did mention that A-Series E. I think you got a win there at Phillip Island as well during that championship. What did you make of sim racing? Were you a fan? It's kind of one that's been on the fence with a lot of drivers. Did you enjoy it or were you one that didn't really get into it? Uh, yeah, well, never really done much before. My sim, I sort of had a sim on order before all this happened. Um, and it came about 10 days before the first round of the E-Series. So, um, yeah, got into it. And uh, it's, it's good fun. I do enjoy it. I think it's actually quite a good tool in terms of translating into the real thing. Uh, get the muscle memory going and doing all that. So, uh, yeah, it is, uh, it's a good thing. I do enjoy it. And, um, yeah, it's just very different to, to driving the real thing because you can't feel what the car's doing. But, uh once we got a head around that, it was uh, it was uh, a good time. Well, there we go. And just finally, are there any expectations that you've set yourself for this season? Uh, I think for the biggest thing, I'd love to be in the, the top 10 of the championship at the end of the year. So um, we're not far far away from that at the moment. So um, still, still quite a few rounds left. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, press forward and get up a few more spots. There we go. Awesome stuff. Well, Jack LeBrock, thanks so much for joining us on the on the podium. And once again, congratulations on your very first win in the Supercar Championship. And hopefully there are plenty more to come. Thanks again, Jack. Yeah, thank you very much, mate. Appreciate it. There we are, Jack LeBrock from Tickford Racing, joining us on the podium to reflect on that very first Supercar win. And like I said earlier, hopefully it's the first of many. Uh, we've still got a huge edition of the show. We've got another Supercar driver joining us. Also a debutant on the podium, it is Todd Hazelwood, and he's up next. This is the podium where we celebrate the best in the world of motorsport, and we're joined right now with a guy that managed to celebrate his very first podium just the other day at Sydney Motorsport Park. I'm speaking, of course, of Todd Hazelwood. Todd, thanks so much for joining us on the podium. 
No worries at all. No, thanks for having me on the show. Well, let, let's talk about that podium finish, your very first podium in the Supercar Championship. What was it like for you? Because it was quite unique circumstances. Yes, it was unique circumstances. And for me, it was um, a huge relief, a very proud moment. And um, yeah, very happy to uh, achieve my first podium with the team at Brad Jones Racing. We had a, a really strong weekend. And uh, to, to cap off some, some, some strong results we've been achieving lately, to get a podium was uh, yeah, an awesome awesome job by the whole crew on the, on the Team 14 side. The thing that you've been saying about this the past few days is you couldn't really celebrate this podium finish because some of your team and the family wasn't there. So talk about how you did manage to celebrate in the end. Yeah, yeah it's been obviously quite unique circumstances since we've been going back racing and not having the whole team at the, at the racetrack these days, obviously with limitations around how many people we can have in a certain area at once. Um, so yeah, the, there's been real changes there, obviously not having fans and and spectators, you know, right alongside us, which we'd normally be accustomed to. And, and for me personally, to, to not have my family at the track as well has um, been a little bit different. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been like the, the first race meeting that my uh, my mum's missed since I was in go-karts in 2005. So oh, you're both mum and dad and my sister are, are certainly feeling, uh, you know, the, the emotions of, of not being at the racetrack, but, you know, the fully understanding of the fact that we just got to do what we can do at the moment. And, and, um, you know, we're just fortunate enough that as a sport, we're able to keep going and, and get back on track and, and put some racing on and put a show on for the, you know, for our loyal sponsors and supporters and everyone else watching at home to, uh, to enjoy. Well, yeah, you mentioned the close family there. I'm assuming your mum would have been one of the first people to give you a ring after the race. What did she have to say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the phone was running hot and, um, yeah, mum and dad were, we're pretty proud and uh, pretty excited. Uh, obviously, wishing they, they could be there, but nonetheless, they, you know, they've been a, a huge part of helping me get to where I am today. And um, yeah, that was certainly the emotions were certainly high. Put it that way, it was um, yeah, pretty special moment. Well, yeah, it was quite a unique weekend, as we've mentioned. We had the big night race to begin things on the Saturday night. Uh, your team really had a good gamble with the with the strategy for all your drivers. Uh, you were 15th in the first one in qualifying, and then you pushed your way up through to 13th. Talk us through the strategy going into that weekend and how that first race played out. Yeah, it was an interesting weekend. It's the first time that uh, being in supercars in my time that I've actually raced on two different types of compounds over the same race weekend. Um, and essentially, we had five sets of tyres for only for six cents worth of racing. So we're already compromised as far as tyre is concerned. Then obviously, using the soft tyre, we only had two sets of soft tyres and three sets of hard. So um, you really had to pick and choose what, what sessions, what qualifying sessions and what races you were planning to try and utilise the better rubber and um, prioritise the results. So for us, we had a bit of a plan going into the weekend that um, we try and do something different. Obviously, the other, our other teammates were their own our own stable but also being aware of the fact if um if everyone else was thinking the same as what we were we had to react as well and you know, for us we started saturday planning to use the hard tire um get as far as we could in qualifying and um you know ultimately then we could start to see who was going to you know start putting mileage on the tire and and use them up so for us we stuck to our guns we we used a hard tire we actually got into the top 15 shootout which we were genuinely surprised about because we did that all on the hard tire so we had a really strong car and a hard, which was which was promising, and um, yeah, we saved out both two two sets of softs for the Sunday qualifying. So we it, it did work in our favour quite well. But probably the biggest frustration out of the whole weekend is that um, obviously we put all our eggs in the one basket come Sunday morning, 
we actually had an issue, a vibration issue, which was hampered, um, which hampered our qualifying um, results come Sunday morning with the soft tyres. So we actually um, didn't qualify much better with the, with the better soft rubber, which was frustrating. But um, all in all, we, we executed the weekend as best we could. And I think our strategy was was um, pinpoint. You know, we, with both Nick and I as teammates, we achieved some really good team points. We're now fourth in the, in the team's championship and um, moving forward in the Drivers' Championship as well. So it was a really solid weekend. Well, yeah, let's talk about that Sunday now. You mentioned there, Nick, you managed to get another win in that second race of the weekend, and uh, you were kind of managing your tyres at that point in time. Talk about what the mentality is for you in that second race, just having to just manage things, knowing that you're not going to be quite as quick as the other guys on the softer rubber. Yeah, look, yeah, the Sunday morning race was really tough because we actually had to reuse the hard size that um, we'd already used Saturday night. So we're actually almost double hampered. But we um, tried to salvage our result, obviously, for us when we, we actually didn't get to post the time for the issue that we had in qualifying. So we actually started dead last on probably the worst rubber possible. So it made it really tricky to even move forward. Um, but, you know, for us, we just salvaged the result. We, we knew that we had to save the tyres for the final race. Um, so we kind of handcuffed ourselves to a strategy to make sure that we um, didn't get excited by trying to get more spots in, in another race, which would obviously be detrimental to the to the following race. And the way the point system works, you got to really try and strategize how you maximize your overall weekend. You know, do you try and sacrifice two races and have two mediocre results and maximize one result, or do you try and have an even, I suppose, even sort of weekend over three races? You may not get the out the outstanding result, but you may get consistent points so there's different ways you can go about it and it certainly showed that each team up and down pit lane had a different uh, approach about it but for us at BJR we I suppose if you call went for glory and we got some really good points because of that so uh, we're fortunate enough to reap the rewards and and push hard in in that particularly in that final race where we you know qualifying didn't go to plan but we pushed hard and made the most of the opportunity and to get the podium was really cool well yeah talk us through that race because yeah you mentioned you started 12th moved all your way up through the grid, up to third by the end of it. You had a nice little run at Davey Reynolds in the closing stages of that race. When did that podium hit you that, look, there's a chance for a podium here? To be honest, we, we, we felt confident sitting on the grid that we had a good enough set of tyres to potentially get inside the top five. Um, the hardest thing is at Sydney Motorsport Park, you get a huge um, separation within the field only in a number of laps. So... For me, I knew it was important to push hard at the start and try and pass as many cars as possible, which we did. I think we passed about six cars in, in three laps. So we were certainly on the move. Um, but yeah, I had about 15 seconds to make um, once we made our pit stop to the leaders. And uh, with about, I think there was about 12 laps remaining, 15 seconds to find. So it was certainly quite a steep uh, challenge to try and achieve. But for me, I, I knew that if, if the car was strong, we were looking after our tyres well and we we kind of flipped the strategy on its head as the race was progressing. You know, the front leaders, they pitted all quite early, whereas we did the opposite, went quite late and tried to use max, maximise our car speed towards the end and push hard and come home strong. And we certainly had to drive the wheels off it, um, pushed hard. And, yeah, fortunately enough, we uh, we caught we caught the pack with about a lap and a half to go and pulled a nice move on Dave Reynolds for third. And, um, you know, the, the team were pushing me on, on the radio pretty hard saying, the podium's there, the podium's there, you've got this sort of thing. And, um, yeah, it was, it was nice to pull that move off. And, um, yeah, to get the first podium was, was pretty sweet. And who knows what could have happened if we had a couple more laps. It would have been really interesting, I reckon. 
This year, of course, you've made the move to BJR after six seasons with Matt Stone Racing. What has the difference been? Um, look, for me, I think just being involved in, in, a, in a bigger environment um, has been um, it's been refreshing. Having teammates as well. I've now gone from being a sole um, driver within the team to having uh, three extra drivers to, to, to bounce ideas with and work with, and and then with that comes you know the additional resources of, of engineers um, and, and all sorts of things, and obviously. The team at Brad Jones Racing, they very much row their own boat. So everything's designed in-house. Everything's, you know, machine, fabricated, designed. It's, it's all it's all done here. So it's um, pretty special to be part of a, an organisation organization like that. And then particularly working under Brad, he, he very much uh, operates at a family-orientated business. It's uh, it's really refreshing to be part of it and feel welcome and part of the team is, is really cool for me. And, yeah, I'm just relishing my time here at the moment. It's been amazing. And, yeah, just looking forward to achieving more of this team. I think there's great things to come. Well, yeah, we mentioned it briefly at the opener. The big move for you, you're usually based in Melbourne. Talk about what this move's meant for you. And, um, yeah, how what's it like being away from your family? And, and yeah, what have you been doing in your spare time now? Yeah, look, it's been a pretty crazy year. Uh, at the start of the year, I moved from Queensland down to Melbourne. Um, obviously, with the opportunity of working with BJR after being with MSR for six years. So, Relocated at the start of the year, never thinking that I would uh, then have to get out of the state. That's um, obviously been a COVID hotspot um, during the last couple of weeks as well. So it's certainly been a crazy year. Originally, when I was in lockdown in Melbourne, um, I actually just moved into a new place or into a house. So um, I was doing lots of jobs around the house and and, uh, we've also got a project car as well. So I was smashing out plenty of hours on that and actually finally getting some work done on it. But um, obviously now, um, with the, the new restrictions put in place and in order for us to keep racing, I actually relocated up to Albury. Um, so I literally packed the suitcase within the, within the hour. I've been told to get out of the state and quickly made the made the hike up to Albury. And you now just currently staying with my engineer, Tony Woodward, at his place. He's given me a bed and a place to crash at, which is really nice of him. So, uh, yeah, now just spending more time with the team, which has been great. And, um, yeah, just keeping fit, keeping busy. And, um, yeah, just going racing pretty much. It's been good. And yeah, we've mentioned the changes to the format for each race weekend, the two-day formats. Do you like it? Do you think it's something that should be implemented in future seasons? I think it's amazing. Um, you know, I've always been a big advocate of uh, making sure that our sport in, in supercars is always entertaining and it's enjoyable for our fans to watch. And I think what we saw over the last couple of race meetings with the new regulations and rule changes that have been put in place, we've seen exactly that. Um, we've seen more passes than any other race meeting to date that I can remember. Um, and the strategy and the new challenges that the team faced, it, I think it started to level up the playing field a little bit from, say, the bigger teams up and down pit lane. Um, so it's, I think it's been a refreshing challenge. And, you know, I think the team at BGR have adapted tremendously well to what's been put in place. And we're certainly trying to make the most of this opportunity to, to get as many good results as we can. And, you know, fortunately, we've had two race wins and a podium in, in just two race meetings. So it's been a fantastic turnaround for us as a team. But, you know, I think overall it's a win for the sport. It's been um, really well received. I think there's only been a few couple drivers or a couple teams that may have been a little bit critical of it. But I think overall everyone's enjoyed and embraced the challenge. And, and I think during these tough times, it's more important than ever that we have uh, mixed results and, and different guys on the podium or, or fighting for race wins. It's been really good. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I have to ask you, you mentioned the success of BJR this past two rounds. Why do you think BJR has managed to come to grips with this better than a lot of the other teams? 
Oh, look, I don't, I, it's hard to put it to one thing for sure, but I think definitely the the way the team managed their time during the off during the COVID period, um, if you call it, during when we're all in lockdown, we this team certainly didn't just uh, you know turn away from the sport and, and and not go back to the workshop. They were putting in the hours and working hard, ensuring that when we were prepared to go back racing, that we were best prepared more than ever um, to achieve and, and get the most out of it. But I certainly think with the way the strategy has been changed up as well the tyre allocation and how that's been put, put more pressure on the teams. I think we've really executed that well. Um, and it certainly worked to our advantage with the planning that's been put in place. But um, I think from an overall car speed point of view, I think the team have been working on a on a new style of direction underneath what's been bolted on underneath the car is we've had, had a couple of little updates and we're starting to see those updates come to life now. And it's been, um, yeah, it's been really exciting to see um, the results work in our favour and, and I, I think we're starting to see a bit more consistency in the car and hopefully when we go to Darwin we can continue that form and, and keep the ball rolling. Well yeah, you mentioned Hidden Valley there, the next two rounds of the championship are going to be there. Uh, what do you think the tyre deck's going to be doing at that track and uh, what's your thoughts on the uh, tyre allocation for that one? Yeah, I think Darwin's going to be interesting. Uh, last year the tyre degradation was pretty high Certainly won't be as significant as um, the likes of Sydney Motorsport Park, but the biggest factor up there is the heat, um, the heat soak from the tyres. And when you're following a preceding car, um, it makes it quite difficult to pass because all the hot air that you're following and the front, you basically burn the front tyres off from when you're behind someone. So tyre management's going to be crucial. I think qualifying will be even more important. Um, so hopefully for us, yeah, we can continue to strong form and try and keep the BGR cars towards the pointy end of the field. And for the remaining races for the championship, uh, of course, we don't really know what's going to happen with Winton now, given the situation in Victoria. Where do you think the car's going to be at, the, at its strongest? What track do you reckon is going to suit it? Look, it's really hard to know for me. Um, you know, I haven't really done too many race meetings in the BJR car. So, um, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm still learning a lot in, in a short space of time. Don't worry about that. Um, you know, for me, it's only my third, third race meeting and second race and second racetrack that I've driven this new BJR car at. So I've still got a lot to learn. Um, so as far as predictions moving forward, every race meeting is a new one for me. I'm um, just going to go in with open eyes and ready to learn and, and you know, ensure that we try and maximise our results no matter what. But um, I do generally feel with the, the change that we've made on the car recently and um, the way it's performing, there's no reason why we uh, can't have some solid results moving forward. That's for sure. Well, there we go. Todd Hazelwood, thanks so much for joining us on the podium. It's been great to see you get up onto the podium for the very first time as well, and hopefully it continues for the remainder of the championship. I certainly hope so too. That sounds good. <laughs> no worries at all. No, thank you. There we are, Todd Hazelwood joining us on the podium on our show, The Podium, after his very first podium finish in the Supercar Championship. Right after this, we've got some two-wheel action, and it's going to be Emma Notta Francesco joining us up next on The Podium. This is the podium where we celebrate the best in the world of motorsport and we're joined right now with ASBK host and reporter Emma Notta-Francesco. Emma, thanks so much for joining us again on the podium. No worries. Thank you for giving me something to do during lockdown 2.0. I'm a a bit bored here at home. (laughs) Oh, well, you can't be too bored, Emma. We've had plenty of motorsport action over the past few weeks. That's true. 
Yes, but I've had to wait, you know, quite a few days for another MotoGP round to come our way. But I'm really excited about all these double headers. It's um, it's been fantastic. I had a really full racing racing schedule last week. I actually posted a schedule to Instagram and it went nuts, but I had to because we had three, four, five different motorsports, I think, happening last week and I had to keep on top of it all. Oh, exactly. Yeah, we had Formula One, MotoGP, Supercars, IndyCar, Formula 2, Formula yep. 3, yeah, everything was happening. Yeah, so at least, at least I got something to do in lockdown 2.0 because I was pretty bored in the first first time around, so bring it on. Well, that's all right, that's all right. Let's talk about some of that action now. Let's talk about the MotoGP because it was a long break. It took a long time until we had this first round start up and boy, did it provide plenty of action. Fabio Quartararo ended up on top. Yeah, 245 days without MotoGP. So uh, motorcycle racing, definitely back with a bang in 2020. It was such a long wait. But um, I think that if that race is anything to go by, 2020 is going to be just an absolute belter of a season. And you have 21-year-old, 2019 Rookie of the Year, Fabio Quattararo. I mean, he came so close last year. We saw him on the podium. We saw him in pole position. But he really just deserved this win. And what a way to open his season. Um, it was just really sweet for him. We saw him this time last year, actually. We saw him with tears of sadness after missing out on the podium. And we saw him swear at the podium with tears of joy. If you saw him down at Park for it was quite hilarious. So well done to Fabio. I've been rooting for him for a while. It was great scenes, wasn't it, to see him get a win? Uh, it was a mixed race for Mark Marquez, wasn't it? He had a great start. Uh, he had a big a big off uh, in the opening few laps of the race, and then he clawed his way back up through the field, only to have a big crash that put him out. Yeah, like many race fans around the world, I'm sure they've re-watched that save over and over because that's one of the greatest saves I think we've ever seen towards the start of that race at Turn 4. Then never say never because obviously, you know, he came from 16th all the way up to 30, almost caught Vinales, and then it was turn four that unfortunately bit him and caught him out. A big high side, and, I mean, a turn that you wouldn't really expect to see a mistake from a Marc Marquez, but um, I really felt for him seeing him cop that injury, and I know we're going to talk about this probably a little bit later, but um, a return to racing for an absolute gun. What an incredible rider he is, and such an amount of talent to see him come through the field like that. We've seen him do it before and we'll see him do it again. That Honda God, though, it does have a lot of power, doesn't it? Oh, it sure does. It sure does. Now, let's talk about our Aussie hope, Jack Miller. He's had a very busy uh, break, obviously. Of course, it was announced that he'd be joining uh, Ducati on a factory ride for next season. However, he put in a solid performance on the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, great result for him. I mean, I know he was a little bit disappointed because he just missed out on that podium. We even saw a great battle towards the end there between himself and Morbidelli. Um, I mean, he really pushes hard, Jack. He's got so much talent. He's got so much fight in him. And I think that's why he really does deserve that factory seat at Ducati next year. Um, but fourth is a great start to his season. I'm, I have no doubt that we'll see him with lots of podiums this year. Um, apologies for my dog barking in the background. She's, I think she's a bit bored in lockdown too. Um, I've no doubt that we'll see him um, on the podium this year. Um, it makes you really proud to him there and watch him represent Australia. And he is, uh, without a doubt, a future champion. Now to a rider that 
Had a bit of a disappointing run on the weekend. Usually you expect to see him a bit further up. It's Valentino Rossi. He's had another very busy period as well during the off-season. As all this talk pretty much just has to be confirmed now that he'll be on a satellite Yamaha for next year. Talk about Valentino's run over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, we didn't actually see what went wrong there. And I saw him in an interview earlier this week saying, I mean, they had a, a bit of a mechanical issue. They weren't sure exactly what it was. Um, I mean, he looked he looked pretty good leading into the weekend. Um, he's still got miles in him, Valentino. No matter what, he, what he's doing, we still love watching him race wherever he is. He, he's got plenty left in him. Don't worry about Valentino. We'll see him on the podiums this year. Um, I'm pretty sure that deal is done anyway, that straight straight swap between himself and, and Fabio for next year. So, yeah, okay, he's going to basically the B squad of Yamaha. But as you can see, that is very much competitive bike to be on. So I think there's no doubt from, that we'll see some results from Valentino this year and next year being in that seat. And, of course, we'll still see him working alongside Yamaha um, in terms of development with the bike. Um, but it's an exciting time, isn't it, because we're obviously seeing the musical chairs and, and the silly season developing um, at, a, at a funny time of, of the season as well. Yeah, for sure. And he's got one of his mates in Morbidelli uh, alongside him on that bike as well. One of the other big surprising announcements over this whole lockdown period was from Repsol Honda, and they're already dropping Alex Marquez, and he hadn't even done a race at that point. Yeah, it's so unprecedented for Alex to lose his ride um, at this stage. I mean, the poor guy hasn't even had time to have a race and to prove himself. Um, what happened there behind the scenes, we don't know, but um, I'm sure that story will develop throughout the year. So, yeah, and Alex now taking Cal Crutchlow's seat, um, Paul Spargo moving into Alex's seat. Not sure where Cal's going to go. The poor guy really needed to prove himself. Not the great opener to him. Obviously, he was out in the warm-up uh, last weekend, um, but we will see him returning, which is great news. Um, there is a bit of talk that Cal possibly going to Aprilia, not sure. Um, and plenty of other moves still. I mean, KTM obviously losing Paul Spargo. I know they're, they're really sad about that. Um, he had a pretty good weekend. He'll take his seat. Um, obviously, we spoke about Jack going to the factory Ducati team. Well done to him. Um, and just on KTM as well, Brad Binder, I'm sure he'll stay there. What an amazing weekend from him. Um, highest qualifying rookie. Not sure what happened to him as well. Um, they didn't play a replay, have a replay of that, but he dropped to the bottom of the field. He was he was making some great lap times, um, definitely up to the podium pace um, at, at the stage there. And he came all the way back up to 13th from the back of the grid. So well done to Brad Binder on the KTM. But yeah, it, it's, it's a great time. It's a funny time to be watching these changes happening at this stage of the season. Quite unsettling, I'm sure it would be for some of the riders, but really excited to see how it all pans out. Yeah, for sure, Emma. Plenty of action there just in the silly season. And, of course, this weekend we've got the Andalusian Grand Prix. This is, of course, the second event at Erez. And plenty of news already going into this big one because, as you mentioned, there's been a few injuries. So Alex Rins, Cal Crutchlow and Mark Marquez, what's the latest on them for this weekend? Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, so much happened overnight. My phone was going nuts with um, all these email updates because... Mark Marquez is racing. So he had surgery to his upper arm in Barcelona on Tuesday and he's just been declared fit after what we heard was an exhaustive medical examination. But um, update from his team manager as well that they're still talking about, you know, reassessing on Saturday if he can go the distance. 
Um, you know, it's not a new track, so I guess these double headers is an advantage for them because they have the benefit of having the bike, you know, that suits him. They have the setup that suits him. They have all the data that they need, and obviously he knows his track really well. So there you go. Mark Marquez is ready to go racing. Unbelievable, but fantastic for the championship. Um, Cal Crutchlow fractured his scaphoid and is all, has also had the kick of approval. Um, and they always placed into the fragment that was fractured and off you go. He's racing as well. Alex Rins um, also had a shoulder injury. Didn't have surgery, um, but he's been cleared to race. He obviously missed the race as well. Terrible weekend for Suzuki. So they'll really need every single point that they can get for this weekend. It's quite incredible, isn't it? The mental capacity of these riders. I think a few years ago, Jorge Lorenzo was in a similar position. He broke his collarbone. And just a few days later, he was racing again. Can you believe how mentally and physically tough these riders are? Well, this is a bit, oh, it's unbelievable what they're capable of. I mean, and, until someone says absolutely no to him, he's going to go out there and race. And you've got to, you've got to remember, this is a shortened championship. So missing one race is absolutely crucial for these guys. So they're going to race. As I said, unless someone says absolutely no, you're not going out there, he's getting on that bike and he's going to give it absolutely absolutely everything that he's got so well done to these guys they really are freaks aren't they they sure are now let's get your podium prediction for this weekend who's going to end up on top of the podium in the MotoGP world this is so tough um because okay I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it like Mark Marquez is gonna race and he's gonna be 100 because if he's racing he's gonna be 100% right so I'm going to say he's going to win. Like, he's there. Wow. He's going to be 100%. So, you know what? If he's back, if he's racing, he's going to win it. So, I'm going to say Mark Marquez for the win. Why not? Um, Fabio Cotteraro second. And I'm going to put our Aussie up there in third. He almost got it. He's going to be so hungry. Jack Miller uh, for a podium in third position. I'm so close to going for Vinales because I know he made a bit of a, um, a tyre error. Well, not an error, but, you know, he... He gambled, and yeah. um, I think he'll he he definitely won't won't take that gamble this weekend. So let's go with Mark Fabio and Jack. Then that's my top three for the weekend. There you go, Mark Marquez. You really think he's going to get the win, Emma? Yeah, why not? I mean, he's come this far. If he's there, he's he's going to go so hard. He's going to win it. Well, there we go. Interesting stuff. I'm sure we're all going to be watching on with interest this weekend for the Andalusian Grand Prix. Emma Notta Francesco, before we let you go, though, right after this, it's mm-hmm. time for the Podium of the Week. Do you want to sit back and join us for the Podium of the Week and give us your top three performances of the week? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Right after this, Emma Notta Francesco joins us for the Podium of the Week. This is the podium where we celebrate the best in the world of motorsport. And it's almost time to wrap things up, though. But we can't do that without the podium of the week. And this week, we've got a very special guest joining us. It's Emma Notta Francesco. Emma, you're in the driver's seat. What is your podium of the week for this week? Let's begin with position number three. Drivers or riders? Because I get in trouble when I go to places and I say rider and not driver and driver not rider. But, yeah, we'll go with driver this week, huh? I've got a bit of a mixture of drivers and riders. Okay. okay? Yes. All right. Okay. So we'll start with number three. I'm going to say Williams on their improvement from last weekend, particularly George Russell. Forgetting both of them got into Q2, but he started from 12th on the grid. I am 
so rapt to see Williams up there after some challenging years in Formula One. They are my number three. I agree with you there, Emma. It's great to see Williams, you know, a bit further up the grid again. And as you mentioned, George Russell, he's put in a few strong performances. And even Nicholas Latifi to get into the next round of qualifying was fantastic. And let's hope it continues for the next few races with the uh, home GP just a few weeks away. Exactly. All they need to do is stick with the Mercedes engine and not get a Ferrari one and they'll be fine. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Position number two, Emma. Who's going to get position number two this week? Okay, this was really tough because uh, it was such a great weekend of supercars racing with all these new rules that came in. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, There has been a lot of controversy coming out of it with all these new rules and people not happy with it. Hey, if people are overtaking each other, bring it on. I'm going to go for Tickford Racing and Jack LeBrock with his first win in supercars. Congratulations to Jack LeBrock. Awesome stuff there. And of course, for people that are tuning into this, Jack LeBrock was on the show a little earlier, so I'm sure he'd be very rapt to hear that he's taken out position number two on the podium of the week from you, Emma. There you go. Well done, Jack. And position number one on the podium of the week, Emma, who's going to get it? Okay, I'm going to say this, and you are definitely going to get the answer. You're going to guess this. Okay, here we go. Okay, what's 21 your... 21 years of age. Oh. French Premier Class winner in 21 years. It's two wheels, not four wheels. I reckon we've already mentioned him already, Emma. Who is it? 100%. It is Fabio Quattararo. Well done on his first MotoGP win with many more to come. Oh, yeah. As you mentioned earlier, Emma, it's great to see him finally on that top step of the podium. A lot of potential, this guy, and it's great to see him realising some of it and hopefully gets a few more wins this season, eh? Yeah, I'm sure we'll see him up on the podium a lot more. And can I do two special mentions? Yeah. I'm I'm just taking up. It was really hard because it was such a great weekend of motorsport. Special mentions, right? I've got a funny one to uh, the Red Bull mechanic for getting the Stappen's car back out there. Yes. On the grid after he crashed on the formation lap, which we don't often see. And also uh, Brad Binder. Such a great, great weekend of motorsport it was, or week of motorsport, and uh, bring on this weekend. Oh, for sure. And I'm also going to throw in another one there, Emma. I'm going to throw in a guy mm-hmm. that's also been on this week's edition of the podium. It's Todd Hazelwood on getting his very first podium as well for that BJR team yes. of the supercars. Awesome. BJR, what a great weekend. I almost gave a mention to, I almost gave one of my podium positions to Nick Burkett because another win for him this year. But BJR all round, great to see them up there. Just great to see different people. Um, leading and winning in, in supercars. Well, it's been very controversial amongst fans. The more variety of victors that we have, go. the better it is. Exactly, yeah. This is the way to go. I look forward to the next round. Well, there we go. Emanora Francesco, really enjoyed that podium of the week from you there. Thank you. And Emma, of course, I just want to get your thoughts quickly on the ASBK Championship. Uh, there's been a calendar announced. However, there could be further modifications to that. Talk about what's going on there. Yeah, so fingers crossed, um, you know, with, if everyone behaves and everything works out and the borders reopen, uh, yeah, we do have a calendar in place. We're giving ourselves a little bit of breathing, breathing room. And at this stage, our next round is 18th to the 20th of September in Winton. So asbk.com.au for all of our information, stay up to date. Um, and yeah, we hope to get back to the track very, very soon. That's very exciting, and it's almost about time for this edition to end for the podium. If you want to catch 
any of the stuff from today's show, including our interviews with Jack LeBrock and Todd Hayeswood, and even this one here with Emma, head over to the podcasting platforms and you can catch up on that there. As we've mentioned, it's going to be a big weekend of motorsport action with the next round of the MotoGP World Championship. And Emma, thanks again for being on this edition of the show, and I reckon this might be a weekly thing. Yeah, why not? Um, You can keep me entertained throughout lockdown. That'd be great. I really appreciate it. And a very special thank you to all the people that have tuned into the show. We'll catch you next time on the podium.